this person seems very logical. Even if the answer is not right, the whole thinking process is good. We take this person. For folks who might be transitioning, reflect on the skills that you have in your current career and see how they might apply to the field. Hello and welcome to this episode of Shine, a podcast by Star. And in today's episode, we are going to be illuminating the world of design careers. How can you, as a designer, land your perfect role? And in order to do that, we're joined by Tiffany Eaton, who is an interaction designer at Google, and our very own Alisa Golovinska, who is a UX designer here at Star. Now, in this episode, we dig into the best possible ways to find new design roles, whether you are an experienced designer or someone new to the field, or even someone looking to change careers within the world of design. And so to kick off this discussion, we're going to jump straight into the career history of both Tiffany and Alisa. So let's jump into that now. Tiffany, Alisa, welcome to the show. (laughs) Thanks, Tom. Nice to be here. So Tiffany, let's go to you first. I actually want to jump in straight away into your career in design. If you could just give us the highlights from when you first entered the world of design and if you moved about and where you currently are now. I'm just going to go back a bit just because I feel like it all kind of started when I started university. I went to California College of the Arts. I won't disclose one, but I majored in interaction design. Um, Originally, I was majoring in graphic design, or that's what I declared in my first year. Um, But I didn't think that was the right fit for me um, just because it was focused a lot on visuals. um, And I felt like I wanted to be able to utilize more than just graphic design in my work. So I was browsing through some of the other careers on the school website and I found a career called interaction design. And at the time when I did do some research on interaction design and what it was, I didn't really get too much results, at least um, not so much on the internet. And I was getting a bunch of different names for interaction design, like digital design or web design, that kind of thing. And I was like, okay, well, I mean, it sounds like at least the term and what it entailed um, sound pretty, it sounded pretty interesting. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to just um, switch majors and kind of see what comes what goes down. But otherwise, it was something that was pretty new to me. And I wanted to learn something new since I was also in a new place as well. So yeah, I was in school learning a bunch of different um, skills like storytelling, um, visual design, systems design, all the different things that you do see in UX and UI today. Um, During my school time, I did do two internships. My first internship was um, doing UX research at DocuSign. Um, and then the following year, I um, did my I did an internship at Intuit where I was more focused on UX design, something that I do uh, more so today than UX research. And then before I was going to graduate, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do for my first job or where I wanted to go. And I went to a design event. I usually went to design events pre-pandemic, but I went to a lot in school just because it was a great place to network, a great place to learn about what 
the industry is like and all the kinds of people that you might meet and encounter. Um, and then I ended up having um, a chat with the Google recruiter. I didn't really necessarily plan it out. It was more of just like, oh, like I interviewed for a Google internship that year. And I just wanted to ask if they knew the person that I worked with at a while ago. Um, they didn't, but then we just ended up having a good discussion about careers. And then they eventually um, forwarded my work to the new grad team. And then maybe a month or two later, that process for a full-time role kind of um, started. Um, and I went through a rather laborious um, interview process of like, of talking to a recruiter, doing a take-home design challenge, and then eventually talking to like six more <laughs> designers, doing a bunch of design exercises, all that kind of stuff during the interview. And then after like that long process, um, I ended up getting a job at Google where I currently work since I graduated. And I'm a, yeah, and I focus a lot on um, B2B design. <laughs> Amazing. There's definitely some lessons that we should be able to uncover later in the discussion. But Tiffany, thank you. Alisa, I'd love to invite you to do the same if possible, just a brief history of your career in design. Actually, the thing is that my way to the design field is completely different, I guess. And probably it's because of the country or I don't even know. Because, for example, in Ukraine, it's... Uh, not a lot of places where you can get exact design education. So I actually studied philosophy. I'm not a designer and I don't have any art background generally in my life at all. So I was working as a copywriter for five years from when I was 18. And one day I just realized that I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to write poems for TV commercials. Uh, for Tampax or stuff like this. And the place where I was working, I just asked uh, about can they give me some small design tasks and probably explain me something like what are they doing? How can I help them? And in that time, I was actually entering the design course in uh, Projector School. It's the biggest design school in Ukraine and one of most famous schools. And after graduating from that courses, I just stayed in my company as a junior designer. They just decided that they don't want to change me on someone else in the team. They just give me the new tasks and I will be just, I will have the new title. This is how I became a designer, basically. I was working there for I guess half a year because still they remembered that I was a copywriter and still I got some copywriting tasks and I didn't want to do it anymore at all. So I changed uh, the design studio and uh, after that I've been working to two or three design studios I guess in Kyiv. Nothing special, it's like a lot of uh, digital work, a lot of projects, big projects, small projects, so it's like the studio life. But in the meantime, I took a product design course, again in Projector, and after passing this course, I was invited to this school to, as a mentor, as a teacher. So I had two courses, one of fundamental design, it's like the basics of design for people who never ever tried anything in design, and the second course was for junior designers. 
And now I have, I still have one course for junior designers because two courses is too much for an ordinary person who has full-time job. It's like too much. So since that time I have this course and I've, I've decided to change a job and become a product designer just because I think it's closer to what I want to do in my life because it's like, I don't want to say it's more meaningful, but it's like more complicated probably. You you need to think much more about what you're doing and about the product and all these things. So I went to an automotive company. I just wrote them that uh, I passed the course. I don't have any experience in product design, but I really want to try. Uh, they gave me the test task in automotive field and I've never been a driver in my life, I have driving license, but I've never used it. I don't have a car and I don't know how to drive. But I had two weeks for this test task. And actually, I completed it <laughs> and I got the job. And for two years, I've been working in this product company and automotive company. And after that, I went working to start because uh, <laughs> the interesting thing is that these two companies are in the same business center and somehow uh, it happened. So now I'm in Star in, and I'm here for more than two years now, I guess. So this is it. This is how it started and how it's going. Amazing. Thanks for this, both of you for that. And actually what I found felt was quite interesting either both of you landed your current roles almost like randomly. Uh, at least a star was in the same building as your old company. And Tiffany, you just got chatting to the Google recruiter. The question here is how much do like random encounters, how can that influence like designer getting a future job? Like, do you think if a designer is looking to get a new role or their first role in design, like, should they just, I guess, put themselves in the position to meet these people or should they have a more proactive approach to like landing their perfect job? I would say that getting your ideal job the first time might not always come up. I think for me, a lot of it just ended up being like the timing and just the situation that I was in. Just because before that or before like that whole conversation was happening, I was applying to a lot of jobs probably applied to like more than 50. And I kept a whole Excel spreadsheet of all the places I applied, all the like different like things for each of the companies. And I didn't hear back from most of them. I only heard back from like some of the, like some, only like a few, like maybe two or three. And those were the ones that I got referrals for. But otherwise, I mean, I think it also kind of came down to the roles I did apply for, since I'm sure that the ones that I did apply for, for were more for mid-level, maybe senior level designers, but they didn't necessarily explicitly write that in their job description. It was more of like, oh, like, you know, have like three-ish plus years of experience, but no roles that were explicitly like, oh, hey, like someone who maybe just graduated or maybe someone who has like one or two uh, plus years of experience. But I think when it comes to whether or not you want to put yourself in this situation or if there's a more practical approach, I think networking or going to your going to design events in your area, at least for me, was something that I got a lot of value from because even if I even when I wasn't actively looking for jobs, 
it was still a good way for me to learn about what was happening outside of like school, um, what was happening outside my day to day, as well as meeting people who were currently in the industry. So it's just generally a good way to network. And I think networking is sort of the opening towards having those conversations. They might not not they might not happen the first time where you end up chatting it up with someone, but it's something that if you do have a pretty good conversation and you keep in touch with the person via LinkedIn and you reach out to them again, it could be something that ends up um, working out just kind of given the timing, if there's any sort of open roles. And even if there aren't any open roles, I still think it's good to reach out to someone that you might feel comfortable with, especially after connecting with them to ask about if there are any open roles or just even um, asking them questions, setting up time to just talk about design. And I feel like sometimes job related stuff just might end up coming from that conversation. So, I mean, at least for me, I didn't go in with the expectation of like, oh, I am going to be talking with this specific person to get the specific role. I think the best sort of cases just end up happening or happening organically. You just kind of have to put yourself maybe in like that setting where something like that can happen. So I personally would recommend going to design events or that's what I would say pre-pandemic if you are able to go to any design events in your area. But otherwise, there are a lot of different um, design events online. And I think that's something that you're probably going to be asking later. And I can mention a few of those um, places. I think I can agree to this, especially you choose the word organically. It's much better than randomly because actually everything what happens, it happens for a reason. Like you worked before, you worked hard for what you get now. So you met some people, you had a good impression. So you, you left a good impression. And these people try to reach you later and write you and they remember uh, that they met you when they have a position for you. As So, yeah, I guess it seems like it all uh, goes very randomly. But if you look closer to that, you'll see that this is all the result of the previous work. And of course, me as well, I tried to send my CV and the portfolio uh, in all places I could. And half of them just didn't answer. But the one who answered, it was a very good experience. Even just to pass the test task or uh, to have the conversation with HR is just a very good experience, even if you don't have the job. You just know how to do it. You become much more, you feel much safer. You, you know what to expect. Uh, you become more calm and you know what, what are you doing there and what you'll be asked. So this is what I think about it. Sure. And Tiffany, you mentioned something that I would like to dig in a little bit more to, which is the ability for a designer with less experience to gain the experience to take those roles, which I think are more common now. So hiring for mid-level senior designers, the challenge that a younger designer, I guess, could face, whether they're just coming out of university or they have like one year's experience, is being able to apply and get those roles. Do you have any advice for that type of designer? Yes. So I would say for someone who's studying in university, you want to leverage your connections um, and resources in the school. Because I feel like when I was in school, it was kind of like having sort of like safe bubble of like all these different resources or all these different things that I can take advantage of during at that time. Because when you're 
I feel like for people who might be making the transition from another career to design, they might not necessarily have that to start. And I feel like that can be a bit of a challenge just because it's like, oh, where do I start? Where do I go? No one's really teaching me anything. I kind of have to search up courses or figure out my own curriculum of what to, <laughs> of how to approach things. But I would say, yeah, for anyone who's in university, reach out to your professor or reach out to careers. I'm sure that in every university, there is a whole team that's dedicated to helping students um, find jobs or internships. You know, school career fair is really great. That's where I got my first job. There's also hackathons and clubs. And I think those are just great places to just start practicing and utilizing your skills to at least um, start creating projects for your portfolio. And also internships are just a great um, foot into the door. And a lot of internships are geared towards um, people who are still in university. When you do look at job descriptions, they will often say like, oh, whoever is completing, whoever's in university or is eligible to apply, um, which kind of makes sense because and for some cases, if it's like a more maybe lucrative place to work, there might be so many people trying to apply, which is probably why they do just limit it to people in university, unfortunately. So I would say for people who are maybe transitioning, find apprenticeship programs. So there are some newer programs, at least at Google, we did have a design, we did start a apprenticeship program for UX design. So we've had apprenticeship program for product design. And that was something that is really successful. I'm not, I don't really know too much of the details, but we did start a UX apprenticeship program last year, I believe. That's where we had our first cohort. Um, and it's really great because you get to, you get to learn um, design on top of being able to work with a team and being able to apply those skills in real time. And I feel like that's like a great combination of being able to really like learn the skills learn and apply those skills and not just focus on learning the skills. Since I feel like if it, you don't end up maybe, let's say, having an internship while you're maybe learning, it might be a bit of a learning curve or gap when you end up getting your first job, just because you might not have too much experience working with people. You're really going to be starting at a different place than maybe someone who has had a bit of job experience and they're able to um, quickly ramp up more. So I would say that for people who are in the process, apprenticeship programs are great. And also maybe other courses like Springboard or um, General Assembly, which is also a good place to kind of hone in your technical skills. I find that a lot of people who might be transitioning or you know, coming from, they have their unique perspective to share. Um, but I think in terms of technical skills, they might not be they might not be there or they might they have little to no experience. So I think really being able to find um, boot camps or places or places where you are able to sort of learn from either like a mentor or a teacher, I think will really help with that. Also help helps with discipline, too, um, I find just because that at least is something that really is something that I learned in college when it comes to taking responsibility, um, handing, doing tasks on time, taking initiative on things. I think school really helped, helped me learn discipline, which I think is something that if you are learning UX by yourself, you might not have or might not be aware of how important it is, but that's just something 
that I think is really important, regardless of where you are. Awesome. Uh, Lisa, over to you. Actually, we're in the middle of design internship right now, and I see how it's going right right straight about me, about me. So I see everything what's going on. And it's really the quite good beginning for the designers because it's like kind of safe place where you work on a project, you work with a real team, you have real tasks, but actually you can't fail. You have mentors, you have people who always help you. So it's a great opportunity just to stay in the company. Because for junior designer and for the designer who goes on the internship, for example, my students, they always ask me, uh, we've seen uh, the job description and it has like 1,000 different skills, which actually even middle designer doesn't have some time. Like a lot of programs uh, beginning from Figma, uh, ending with, uh, I don't know, prototyping, hard software and things which you never use in your junior designer's life, actually. And they're always quite scary. And they ask me, like, if I go to the interview, what would I say? I don't know this. Uh, I don't have the skills. And I always try to explain them that people on these interviews, they usually look at you on your ability to learn, on how fast are you in learning? What is your way of thinking? For example, if you get in the test task, you need to describe why you decided to do it like this. Because uh, even if you don't get the right answer in your test task, like you didn't do what you were asked to do. But if you describe what you were doing there and why you were doing like this. So probably we will get the idea where was the mistake or miscommunication or something. But we will see that hmm, this person seems very logical. Even if the answer is not right, the whole thinking process is good. We're take this person. And this is how it works. And for internships, it's like uh, the way for young designers just stop being afraid and just dive into all this process and be sure of what they're doing. And if they stay in the company after that, it will be much easier for them just to become a junior designer, full-time junior designer. So it seems the internships clearly are, uh, can be valuable. And Tiffany, I totally agree. There's like there's the skills that you need for design and then there's the skills you need to work, right? And so you get the work skills when you actually work, e.g. Or, or do an internship. My question though is, what is the best way for a young designer to go and actually get an internship? Would you just run a process like you did, Tiffany, where you have 50 applications and you, you track them in a spreadsheet? Or actually we have discussed already networking, but any other ideas on getting internships, either of you? Well, I guess the both ways are right because like in Ukraine, there is not much internships going on, to say truly. It's like three or four or five, maybe. I'm not sure. That's why you probably, if you're lucky, you will get one. But in other cases, you need to send your CV and you need to rely on networking a bit more. And you just need to check on the, in different companies you want to work in just to write a letter and check what they've got. Maybe they have an opportunity to take the intern, even if they don't have the internships. It happens as well. So probably I will suggest to take the chances and uh, just to apply to existing internship, but also try to reach uh, companies even if they don't have any internships opened. Yeah, like if there's a company that you're interested in, even if they don't have jobs, I think 
going on LinkedIn and searching up designers who might be working at that company, um, curating what you want to send out to them, just kind of asking them more about, oh, do you have time to talk about any like opportunities? I just, or I just want to know more about your role at this company. Because even if it's not directly tied in to a job, or I don't think it should be, maybe not for the first message, at least understanding what the designer kind of does on their day-to-day um, will give you a sense of what the design culture is like, what or what's how is design generally structured when in comparison to some of the other roles in the company, and just kind of giving you a good sense of like, oh, is this something that you know I'm interested in? I kind of want to continue to pursue, or oh, maybe you know this isn't what I expected. And being able to send a few or being able to send messages to multiple designers for maybe in that specific company or across um, companies that you might be interested in, I think is kind of a good step to maybe understanding more about potential roles that come down or that come out down the line. Okay, guys, we're now coming to the end and I want to finish with one specific question, which is if you had to give one tip to an aspiring UI UX designer, what would it be? My advice probably will be to be brave because you will always learn something new and it's okay not to know something. It's totally fine. Uh, You will figure out what to do. You will read about that. You will ask someone about what you need to do. You will figure out how to do it, but just don't make step back because you think you can't do something or you just will not get well with the program because a lot of students they're afraid of not knowing figma sketch or whatsoever because they've been working with photoshop or stuff like this and i always answer that guys this is just a program it was made for you to understand it so you will like spend a week or two or three days or five days just diving into it and you'll be fine. Just you need for junior designer, you need to be a person who learns things easily and who is interested in what he or she is doing. So that's it. That's a limit for the people who only start their career in design. You just need to be brave. And if you want to do it, you will be successful in it. So that's fine. I would say for an aspiring UX or UI designer, for folks who might be transitioning, um, reflect on the skills that you have in your current career and see how they might apply to the field. So these skills might not be technical skills, but be like, let's say, being able to write or present verbally if you were if you are coming from like a teacher background are really valuable skills when it comes to presenting your work and telling a story um, it will be very help- it would be i mean presentation skills are one is a pretty big skill on top of some of the technical skills and presenting is not my strong suit that's something that i really had to learn and hone in alongside by other skills. So it's great if you already have like soft skills or certain skills that maybe someone who is maybe going more strictly down the design path might not have. And then when it comes to technical skills, um, seek out boot camps or short-term design programs, ideally maybe six to eight months just to really give you time to learn the skills. I think that's generally the best time. I mean, more ideally, but if you don't have too much time, I think six to eight months minimum works really well. 
And, you know, if time resources are an issue, um, YouTube, Medium, Dribble are all really great places for inspiration. There's so many helpful re resources online if you search them up. Evernote.design has so many resources. It's kind of like someone was like, oh, I want to create a one-stop shop for all these different design resources and programs. So I think that might be a good place to kind of take a look at, even for even for just someone who's already in the design field. But yeah, that's my two cents there. So leverage other skills that people in the design world may not have and be brave with the two tips from our awesome guests. So I thank you both, Tiffany and Elisa, for coming on and sharing all your wisdom about the design careers, about careers in design. It was also interesting to hear your individual journeys. And I'm hoping and I'm confident that we've given aspiring designers that are listening some ideas or strategies to go and get their next or first design role. So thank you for coming on the show. Thank you. It was nice talking to you. Same here. It was nice talking to you all. And thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Shine, a podcast by Star. I hope we illuminated the world of design careers. And if you are a younger designer or a designer who's looking to change the direction of their career in design, I hope we helped you a little bit. As always, I want to thank you for listening to the show. If you have any feedback, please leave that in the form of a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. Or if you listen on Spotify, please just follow us on that platform. And as always, thanks for listening.